Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. So glad that you're joining us today. Brand new week, brand new topic. As a matter of fact, today and tomorrow, we're going to be looking at the subject, Coming to the Comforter. Now, you may be wondering where we come up with these titles and what we're doing as a church, but this particular series, we are starting in my church. We're doing a six-week series called Hope for the Hurting, and it's based on a six-week series done by Tony Evans, and we're looking forward to doing this as a church. Our theme this year is kindness. When you walk into our sanctuary on top of the window that has a beautiful picture of the outstretched arms of Christ, and it says, come unto me, right above that window is the phrase, be kind. Be kind one to another. And so this is part of our learning to be kind to one another. And one of the ways that we can be kind is by coming to the comforter. Now, here's a really bad dad joke, okay? Why was the woman so attached to her Dr. Scholl's gel insert? Well, it was her soul comfort. All right, that's really bad, all right? But we're talking about comfort today. And I think the best way to approach this subject is to be looking at the various layers of comfort that God provides for us. But let me give a couple of qualifiers before we go too much into the message. Sometimes God makes us, causes us to be uncomfortable so that we will trust Him. I've learned that being a parent, sometimes you don't want to solve every problem of your children. Sometimes you want them to go through and be a little bit of uncomfortable based on the choices that they have made. Allow them to feel a little bit of that pressure so that they won't be dependent upon you to bail them out of everything. That's how they mature. But we want them to know that they can find comfort from their parents, but there's other areas in which you can find comfort. Now, I work a lot with people that struggle with various habits and hang-ups and hurts and addictions. And one of the things I've discovered as I've worked with them is that they have layers of problems, right? Kind of liken it to an onion. You peel off one layer of an onion, and lo and behold, there's another layer to deal with and another layer to deal with. And oftentimes people will say, well, I thought that alcohol was my problem. I thought that drugs was my problem. I thought that pornography was my problem. I thought that I was codependent, right? And they discovered that all of these were symptoms of a deeper problem. And as they began to get the layers off the onion, uh, they finally got to the root of their problem. And they discovered that there was a pain in their life that they hadn't been dealing with. And now they are finally going to deal with it. And uh, they no longer have to self-medicate themselves because they have been set free. Well, if you think about layers, wouldn't it be neat if in our lives we incorporated God's layers of comfort in our lives? In other words, we recognize the core that God is the God of all comfort, but we realize that he does that in many different ways, right? Sometimes he brings that comfort through family, uh, through friends, through the church, through various ways. And if we have strong layers of understanding and tapping into God's comfort, we'll be stronger. When you think about being able to comfort others, that's one of the ways that you know that you are a recipient of God's comfort. Paul said to the believers at Corinth that God brings us comfort in our times of trouble so that we can in turn comfort 
others. You know, elephants are good at comforting others. There's a story that I was reading in the New York Times, and it highlights a study that was done showing that elephants are adept at recognizing when another elephant is in emotional distress. The creatures exhibit a behavior of consultation. Now, this is very rare among animals, right? Because most animals have no concern with what is happening with other animals. But elephants are different. The article says that elephants clearly have a strong emotional connection to other elephants, and they are highly intelligent. So it made sense to think that they might console one another. Well, what kind of behavior did they exhibit? Joshua Plotnick, uh, the head researcher, says, when one elephant is disturbed, the other elephants, the bystanders, all gather around that one elephant, and they would make chirping sounds, and they would touch the elephant that was distressed with reassuring gestures for the elephant. Amazing, right? Wouldn't it be neat if we did the same thing? We would recognize when somebody was distressed, instead of being so concerned about our own little world, we'd reach out and encourage them and support them. Well, as we look at the layers of God's comfort, we're going to be looking at seven layers. So you have to join me tomorrow to get the second half of the message. But I want to begin with layer number one, and I'm going to call layer number one the layer of a family, the comfort of a family, okay? And as a backdrop, I'm going to use the story of Job. And I'm going to explain to you the three aspects of comfort that God gives us through our family. Well, you know the story of Job, right? When you look at Job's life, he faced three major tests. They're all found in the first three chapters of the book of Job. Chapter number one, he faces this test of losing his security, right? His wealth, his protection. And what happens in chapter number one is the Sabaeans attack and they kill all of his livestock. They kill all of Job's servants. And this was an attack on his wealth, right? That was where he was able to produce a lot of his wealth through the livestock that he had. To add insult to injury, not only did the Sabaeans attack, but then a fire from heaven burned up his sheep, killed all of his shepherds. So this second attack is the attack on his ability to offer up a worship to God. These shepherds would have these lambs and these perfect lambs would be used to worship God. There's another attack that he faces. He faces the attack of the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans come along and they attack Job's camels and they kill the servants that were caring and watching and providing for these camels. Unbelievable. So that would be Job's ability to trade and have commerce with other nations. So we're already in chapter number one and we discover that he's lost his personal security. He's lost his ability to worship. He's lost his ability to trade with other nations. And then there's another aspect of what happens on this first test. A wind comes, like a tornado, and it blows his house down. Now, Job wasn't in the house at the time, nor was his wife, but his seven sons and three daughters were. And so the wind knocks the house over in the four corners, and his children, all ten of them, are killed. Well, that was just the first major test in his life, the test that was going against his security. But then there's a second test. Satan goes back and begins accusing Job, and he says, well, no wonder he still worships you. No wonder he hasn't cursed you, because 
you haven't allowed me to touch him in his body, right? Oh, I've touched his family. I've touched some of his property. I've taken his ability to worship away, and I've done a whole lot of things around him, but I haven't done anything to him. And so the second test was Job lost his health, and boils covered him from head to toe. Can you imagine that? I remember one time my dad was talking about the story of Job and boils covering him from head to toe. And he says, I had a boil one time removed from my back. He says, that was the most painful thing uh, to have that boil and to have it lanced off and cut off from my back. That was just one boil. Can you imagine being covered from head to toe? Well, things are getting bad for Job and he's got one third test to deal with. And that was those friends of his, okay? Now, we're not going to take a lot of time to get into that story, but Job had some really pathetic friends. Oh, they started off pretty good. They started off sympathizing with him. But at the end of the day, uh, story after story, they basically says, Job, why don't you just go ahead and confess your sin because there's something wrong here. That's why all these bad things are happening to you, right? (laughs) Well, you know that old expression, with friends like that, who needs enemies? Well, that's the kind of friends that Job had. But before we get to that third test, in between the second one and the third one, there is an interesting phrase that is given to us in Job chapter 2, verse number 13. It says, No one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief was very great. (laughs) Job has nobody to speak to him because they don't know what to say. And they're looking at Job, and, and they're probably in the back of their mind saying, I can't believe this is happening, but I'm really glad it's not happening to me because I don't know what I would do, and I don't know how to help Job. And so for a short period of time, nobody says anything to Job. But you know, in the midst of that, I am reminded of what our Lord said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Paul weighs in on what happens to us when we have godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So there's a distinction here between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is, I'm so sorry I got caught. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, and godly sorrow comes when we rightly understand and see ourselves in the light of God's Word. We see ourselves falling short of what His will is for our lives, and it's accompanied, godly sorrow is accompanied by a change of direction. It produces, first of all, repentance, which is a change of the way we think, which leads to the advancing the way of salvation and transformation. So when we think about mourning, Solomon said, it's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. What is he saying? He is reminding us that when we are up against trouble, that ought to be a good time for us to do some soul searching, some inventory to say, is there anything unclean in my life? Let me mourn over my sin. That would be the more proper thing to do than just to forget about it and go get drunk and celebrate. Isn't that what a lot of people do? 
Last night in Celebrate Recovery, I heard a wonderful testimony of one of our members and uh, just shared his heart of how God delivered him from sexual sins and how God had been with him as he was coming up through life and he was bullied and, and people made fun of him and he was looking for love in all the wrong places, but God got a hold of him, turned his life around. It was such an uplifting and encouraging testimony. Hey, by the way, if you are looking for a place that you can navigate through the hurts that you have, navigate through some of the struggles that you can't get over, maybe those bad habits, why don't you consider joining us Sunday night, Celebrate Recovery at 6 p.m., right at Hickory Ridge Community Church, 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South. Now, if you have any questions about that ministry, shoot me a text message, 252 257-2365. I'll be happy to give you some guidance as to how our Celebrate Recovery works. Uh, You can come join us for a meal. Uh, You can join us for the open session, open group session, and then we break off into smaller group sessions. And oh boy, I'd love to have you come. As a matter of fact, if you tell me when you're coming, I'll make sure I meet you there and I'll have a dinner with you if you want to eat with us at 530. I'll introduce you to our team. We've got a wonderful team at Celebrate Recovery. And if you're looking for a place to serve, right, that may be a great ministry for you to serve. And a lot of people that are part of our Celebrate Recovery ministry are not necessarily members of Hickory Ridge Community Church. So you don't have to be a member to participate in Celebrate Recovery. As a matter of fact, I'm always looking for good help. I took six of some of our church members into the prison, St. Bride's Correctional Center, last Thursday night. And we had about 35 men attend our debut, our kickoff of Celebrate Recovery at St. Bride's Correctional Center. So if you are looking for opportunities to serve, ah, we have lots of opportunities for you to serve. Uh, So give me a call, 252-267-2365. And I want to thank you in advance for reaching out and getting information about how you can serve. Well, in Isaiah chapter 66, it says this. All things are made by his hand, declares the Lord. This is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. If you really need the comfort of God today, and I think we all do, Isaiah is giving us the prescription that we need in order to tap into that comfort. It says that the Lord is close to those who are humble and a contrite spirit, one who trembles at the Word of God. In other words, one that comes under conviction or permits himself to come under conviction of God's Word, because I think everybody comes under conviction of God's Word. That's why God's Word is oftentimes prohibited. That's why there's many countries where you can't give out the Word of God, you can't read the Bible, you can't have a copy of God's Word. Why? Because the Word of God is quick and powerful and, and sharper than a double-edged sword, and it brings conviction. And men oftentimes don't like conviction, but if you will surrender with a contrite and a humble spirit, you discover that God will bring His comfort to you. James tells us, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. He'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning, your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. 
Well, let's look at layers of comfort that God gives us in our times of need. Number one would be what I would call the comfort of family. Now, when I think about a family, uh, we're looking at the traditional understanding of what a family is. One man, one woman, one lifetime being blessed with children, and then if you live long enough, grandchildren, right? Well, a family is comprised, first of all, of parents, right? And so if you're a parent listening to me, I want to give you some word from the, the Lord, and I know it's from the Lord because it's coming from the Bible, right? This is not a word that I say is a word from the Lord. This is an actual word from the Word of God where Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And what is the promise? Here it is. If you obey your parents, if you honor your father and your mother, things will go well with you and you live long in the land that the Lord is giving to us. Okay, so things are going to go better for me if I honor my father and my mother, and I'm going to live longer by honoring them. Now, I have a grandmother who lived to be 97 years old. Now, that's pretty good. And I think one of the reasons that she lived so long and was so blessed, not only with a long life, but right up until the day she died, uh, she had her full faculties about her. She was able to walk, and she was able to get around and take care of herself. Uh, she lived in her own home till the day she died. But the reason God blessed her, I believe, with long life is because she honored her mother and her father. She was raised, and she was a teenager during the times of the Great Depression. And so what did she do? She knew her family was struggling. Her, her mom and dad were very ill, uh, very poor health. And so as an eighth grader, because she was the oldest in the family, they had five kids, she was the oldest of five, she quit school in the eighth grade and started taking care of her younger siblings. And she had a really good job as, you know, back then you would start working at a, a younger age. I think she was 15 years old working as a, as a telephone operator. And she quit school to be a telephone operator so that she could provide for her family because her mom and dad were unable to, to work. Back then, they didn't have all the, the benefits that uh, they had today, okay? So she would get up early in the morning, uh, get her siblings ready, get them off to school. Then she'd run off to work. She'd come home at lunch and uh, get her mom and dad lunch and run back to work and then run back home to get the kids after school, get the kids ready to go to bed every night, get their homework done, take care of cleaning and washing and everything else. And uh, that was her life, taking care of her family. As a result, God honored her with long life. And so a layer of comfort is our parents. Another layer of comfort is our spouse. Now, if you're listening to me and you are blessed with a godly spouse, I want you to know you have been given a wonderful gift. I think about the story of Rebecca and Isaac, right? A great love story to the Bible. Did you know that, that when Isaac's uh, mother died, she died, and of course, he was heartbroken. It says in Genesis chapter 24, the servant told Isaac all the things that he'd done, and, and Isaac brought Sarah into his mother's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Don't you love that? The comfort of a spouse. 
I remember when my dad died, it's been over 20 years ago, uh, that my wife was so supportive and so comforting uh, to me at that time. And I was a little bit upset. I couldn't get to my dad. Uh, he had died of a massive heart attack. And I got a phone call from my brother telling me that dad had had a heart attack. And I said, well, I'm going to get on the next plane. And, and he says, uh, I don't think you have time. And, and he called me back 15 minutes later, and, and uh, my dad had passed and died very unexpectedly. And I'm so thankful that I had a wife that supported me. We had, we had three young children at that time and, and trying to gather them up and travel up to New England to, to do the services. And we drove back and forth and back and forth and back and forth uh, numerous times so that we could be there. Uh, but I'm so thankful for the encouragement of a spouse. And then God gives us children. I kid around with my children all the time and says, I'm going to take really good care of you kids uh, because one day I'm going to expect you to take really good care of me. But the Bible says that children are a gift from God. They are his reward. Children born to a young man are like sharp arrows to defend him. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. That man shall have the help that he needs when arguing with his enemies. Don't you love this? When you get in trouble, as you, especially as you get older, uh, you discover that your children can help you out. And I'm so glad to be at that stage of my life uh, where my children can do some heavy lifting for me, right? If I've got something that needs to be moved, if I need some help with something, uh, God's blessed me with, with four boys and one daughter. And uh, what a blessing children are. So God gives us this first layer of comfort called the family. And it goes way back to the book of Genesis. Remember when God created Adam? He says, you know, Adam, uh, it's not good that you're alone, right? I've discovered something about men. When they're by themselves, uh, they get in a world of trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they do uh, risky things. Uh, they engage in, in behavior that is risky. Uh, that's why men don't live as long as women, uh, as a general rule. Uh, so what does, what does God do? He says, now, Adam, you need somebody to complete you. You're not half the man that you should be, Adam. And so I'm going to give you somebody to complete you. And so God provides Eve. Hey, what a blessing Eve was to Adam. Listen, God gives us that comfort of a family. That's God's idea of bringing protection, bringing comfort. And so when we look at these layers, at the end of the message tomorrow, I'm going to ask you to do an inventory. I'm going to ask you to look and say, which layer is strongest? Which layer do I need to improve upon? And now, these six out of the seven layers are very important. This first layer, the comfort of a family, is very important, but we've got to be careful that we do not idolize our family. Because what is going to happen if you have worshipped your wife or your husband or you have worshipped your children and you put everything there, you, cast, you put all your eggs in that one basket of caring for your, your mom and your dad and your children, and then something happens to them, right? So we're not to worship them, but we are to find comfort in them. So join me tomorrow as we continue on the six remaining layers of comfort that God provides for us. And if you want to have a little heads up as to where we're going, uh, we're going to be looking at layer two, and that's going to be the story of Ruth. So you can read her story, fascinating story of how God provided friendship as a layer of comfort. So please join me tomorrow 
as we continue on this study. In the closing moments that we have together, I just want to pray for you, okay? You're driving down the road. I want to pray that God keeps you safe. I want to pray for your family. I was so happy to receive a text from one of our, our, our listeners and say and ask me, hey, how can I pray for you? And so if I can pray for you specifically, you are welcome to shoot me a text, 252-267-2365, 252-267-2365. Lord, I pray for every listener to this broadcast. Whether they're listening to the podcast or listening to it on the radio, or whether they're driving home or, or whether they're with their family, or maybe they're at a ball game listening. And I pray, Lord, just a hedge of protection around those who are listening today. I lift them up to you. I pray that they'll be filled with your spirit. I pray that you bring comfort as they can only find comfort through the Holy Spirit. I pray that you fill them with your wisdom, fill them with your guidance. We thank you that you have given us this wonderful avenue to share the good news of God's word. And we pray today that they will indeed be filled with hope and that their hearts will not be downcast, but they'll be lifted up their spirits, realizing although we are just jars of clay, there's this wonderful treasure that is living within us. It's called the Holy Spirit of God. It is the Shekinah glory of God that is living within us. And so, Lord, we praise you for who you are, what you're going to do, and what you've already done. Thank you for this opportunity. And we pray this all in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.